Welcome to the Level Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And Andre. I could not get you to stop talking. What a woman speak. Do you see what I'm saying? How to break through with your spouse, your partner. <laughs> I've been thinking about this. How did you handle this? The man's kind of got it good. I feel like you're getting off on a little bit of soapbox. This is me rolling my eyes. This is really great. I really... Rolling. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Love or Work Podcast. This is Jeff. And I'm Andre. And we are so thankful you're listening with us. Uh, Love or Work, it really, it's about answering a question. Is it possible to change the world, stay married, and... Raise a healthy family. Thank you for filling me in there. That was good. <laughs> I feel like you're forgetting. No, this is exciting. We have an incredible interview today. So this, this one today is one of my faves. Uh, this is uh, Ben and Liz Bohannon. They are two entrepreneurs that are working together for a company called Seiko Designs. And this company, um, it's a company that uses fashion to create opportunity and community for women globally. Love their stuff. And they are... You need to go to their website. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be fair, like today, we're going to actually, um, we're going to give a pair of sandals, some of their sandals away. If anyone posts something about this specific podcast on their social stream, we're going to find somebody and give them... Uh, sandals away so we're hoping you share this tag us at love or work on instagram or find us at www.loveorwork.com and check them out at seikodesigns.com okay but before we jump right into it i have three things i want you to listen for first is uh ben basically calls bs on work-life balance that it is not possible and secondly this is my favorite of the three points i am still rolling my eyes that ben and i are 99% of the time great husbands, which we're going to hold on to that 99% instead of focusing on the 1%. And then lastly, a little tip of advice from both Ben and Liz. When you're traveling apart from your partner, send at least one photo every day. So let's do it. Here is Ben and Liz Bohan. Welcome, Liz and Ben, to the Love or Work podcast. And uh, really quick, can you tell us a little bit about the work that you guys do first? Yeah. You go Take ahead. It away. <laughs> um, so this is Liz, and Ben and I are co-founders of an ethical fashion brand that's based in East Africa and here in the U.S., so we work with women in between high school and university in Uganda, some of the smartest women in the country, and have built a vertically integrated manufacturing company in order to create jobs for these really high potential young women and kind of serve as a launch pad for them to continue on to university and pursue their dreams. And here in the U.S., on kind of the retail side of our business, we are attempting to really hijack the retail model to create community and opportunity for women here in the U.S. Um, so our hope is to use the retail side of our business to democratize social entrepreneurship. Um, we have met hundreds, thousands of women all across the U.S. who have a really deep desire for their work um, to really align with what they believe about the world and their passion and their purpose um, and really resonate with the concepts of social entrepreneurship, doing that in the context of also earning an income and being able to support your family. And so our, our dream is to use the, the retail side of our business to be able to create opportunity for impact entrepreneurs here in the U.S. And that's what we do together, full time. Together. Yeah. So how yes. is working together 
for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's funny. So when Liz and I, um, Liz moved to Uganda while we were dating, uh, in not a small way to run away from me, I think a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so when Liz was in Uganda, I was in my first job. Um, I was working for a little tech startup. And at that time, I was really catching the bug for building things and being an entrepreneur. And so we, ha- we have this experience. So Liz moves to Uganda. She starts kind of down this journey and track of realizing, man, to create really powerful kind of sustainable impact, I should build a business and had no concept of what that could mean. Um, but is four days after she got back from Uganda, uh, we got engaged. Um, and she, you know, it's like, I'm down on one knee and she's like, that's awesome. I'm in, I just need you to know that I've already committed to sending three (laughs) girls to college in Uganda and I'm doing it by selling sandals. Are you in on that? And I don't have a backup financial plan. So this is probably going to come out of your bank account when that gets conjoined in about four months. So I got the real job. Yeah. So pretty quickly, I mean, it was so really like, we hang on. So this, this really happened while you were still on your knees. Literally, we're like, that was literally what was going on in my head because I was in you this, by the way, this was old school. This was like 2009. So the internet in Uganda was not very good. So we would talk like once a week and Ben had a general idea of what was going on, but like we had a lot to catch up on. I love that we're clearly millennials, <laughs> that old school means we could only talk on our cell yeah. phones once a week. It's so rough. It was dial it was dial up internet. I had to get this cord that ran from the kitchen. But yeah, I was like seriously thinking like, man, I just made four days ago I left East Africa having made this really big commitment that is gonna drive at least the next year of my life. And I'm not 100% sure that the terms of that are very clear with the man who's now asking me to marry him. Should I, like, take this romantic moment to clarify the terms of this agreement or just, like, go with it? I'm also already, unfortunately, incredibly awkward. Ben's, like, quite – I think you're pretty romantic and Mm. communicative, and I get just – pretty uncomfortable and so I'm already like do I just say yes and we talk about this later or should I just like pause like hold the phones randomly uh we were in northwest Arkansas and there's like snow it's December there's snow on the ground I'm like freezing in this moment but anyways so very early on in our relationship so, wait hang we on thinking, hang, hang on yeah. so it sounds like Liz is this extreme visionary is that fair to say I would say so and I think and Ben, and Ben, then do you play kind of more of an operational person, both in the family and in business and in life? Like she comes up with this ridiculous ideas, amazing ideas, no, no shortage of amazing. But then there's like this back end of like, how are we going to make this possible? I would say it's not quite as clear as it is with some other couples. I think more on Ben's side. I think Ben is much more visionary than the typical operator, but he's still really strong in operations. I am not any more operationally gifted than the average visionary. There's more of a Venn diagram in our marriage, but I would say it's more on Ben's part. Like he's by no means like, okay, Liz comes up with the ideas and then I figure out the operation. It's like, I do, I, I, I would say I probably drive that a little bit more. Um, and then Ben meets me in that and then kind of continues on to the like, okay, how do we actually how, what are the steps? What are, yeah, how do we make this happen? Right. Yeah. And what makes it happen? I think, I think a lot of that has to do with the reality of where we are though. 
Um, so for me, I mean, I can remember at the very, and we're going to kind of flash forward and we can come back to the other stuff, but flashing forward for Liz and I to run Seiko together. And when she came back from Uganda and she was, she had such a clear vision for what she wanted to do and where really where she felt like the Lord was calling her. It became clear to me that for us to do this together, Liz needed to be the visionary and she was the visionary and I needed to be okay with that. Um, and I really have over the last eight or nine years, like dove much deeper into the operational things that I, I frankly do. I enjoy and I have a gifting for, um, but I recognize that it's more important that I'm in the backseat pushing forward because frankly, like it just, thinking about what Seiko is and the fact that we're so bent around educating and empowering women around the world, it's it's so much more important and I think compelling and true that Liz is driving that because it is her heart, it's her passion. And I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't a women's and gender studies major in college. Like this wasn't something I was thinking about. Um, so it's been fun for me to get behind that mission and that vision and throw my life completely into it. Um, and I think it's it's kind of pushed us more into the roles that we're in, and I'm comfortable in that. Now. Um, now. It's taken yeah. years, though. Yeah. Our family has some very sim- similar attributes as the two of you. I'm definitely more on the visionary side, but Andre is a great visionary, too. Yeah. But, I mean, it's interesting. I've, as I've taken on this role with Seiko and as I've taken on partnership with Liz, I would say it was, I mean, yeah, probably a five- or six-year journey for me of understanding what humility actually meant. Um, guys, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like I've literally poured my life into Seiko for almost a decade now. And still today I will have people ask me if I help out Liz on that, on Seiko. Um, it's like, Oh, do you do that too? And it's like, yeah, I do that a little bit. How does that, Um, how does that feel? Uh, frankly, like pretty hurtful oftentimes, but it's funny. So when Liz and I were starting Seiko, we went out and asked a bunch of people that were married that some of them worked together, some of them didn't. Hey, is this a good idea? And we found people are pretty hot and cold on the issue. It's either, yes, I've done that. It was the, it was the greatest thing ever. And even still like this past weekend, I was in a, I was in a, a group of some men and I was telling them about what I did for the first time. And these like really highly successful men, Several of them looked at me like, oh, man, I could just never do that. It's It's been hard. Ben, yeah. I think, I, I, first of all, I want to take a second and just acknowledge um, how incredible of a posture you have had towards it. I'm also sure that it's been very difficult. And Andre and I have been in, in relationship with a lot of couples that could not make it through that. Sustain that, yeah. Yeah, they couldn't sustain it. And mostly because I think some oftentimes, like, uh, in a male centric. yeah male centric culture if if the female is getting more acknowledgement than the male they feel devalued right so i'm i'm curious for you if you were to speak into couples that are listening to this right now cuz this is actually an opportunity to really educate some men i think the biggest thing for me so much of our life's work um and I'm just kind of in the pressure cooker of it is asking ourselves, like, how do we get our identity and where does it come from? Um, and I think I'm, I've just been (laughs) maybe lucky enough to have to ask that question a lot more often. Um, because again, I think as we talk about, like in this male dominant, like male centric culture, the, one of the primary things that we, we look at is what is, what does success mean? And I also happen to be 
someone uh, who success is a really core driver of my personality. Um, the need to succeed is like a really big thing for me. So now I'm faced with this kind of outward perception of us as a couple that Liz is often seen as the dominant personality in the room. She's seen as the person who has vision. She's seen as the great storyteller, as the great communicator. Um, and my role in so many ways has been to lift her up and point her forward Frankly, because from a strategy perspective, I believe that that's going to make us more successful, but we want those fleeting things so quickly and we want the accolade and, but there, there's always going to be more, there's always going to be more need for success. There's always going to be, I mean, in the terms of Seiko, it's like, we could literally always be more successful. We could always be bigger. We could be raising more money. We could be doing more in revenue. We could create more impact. We could get some new award. Um, and those things are always going to be there. So mm -hmm. it's our work as a couple and as a family um, to make sure that those aren't the things that actually define us. So let's transition a little bit. I mean, we've been talking about you two as a couple working together. And then now you have a little one. And so mm -hmm. it's kind of changed things so that now it's more family with a child. And how has that changed your work? Two days ago, we're we're in the middle of just like crazy. Like this is just we're in a super intense week of work. And two days ago, like we're in the midst of like a four-hour meeting and daycare calls, and they're like, Theo threw up. You have to come pick him up, and he can't be here for the next twenty-four hours. And it's just like shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we gonna do? Man, I was just like, I'm then laughing. Goes, then goes, man. Being a parent's pretty easy <laughs> when everything's going well. When everything goes right. Being a parent is not that hard at this point, but it never goes right. Ever, right. ever. Did that change your, like, did that change your travel schedule? We were actually just reflecting on this at dinner the other night. Like, that's been the hardest thing for me, for sure. I really, really miss that season of, like, I get on a plane and I show up in this country and I literally don't have a single phone number and I don't even know what language I speak and I'm just going to go, like stay in a random hostel somewhere and try to figure it out. And like, those are some of the times in my life where I felt most absolutely alive and those don't exist for me anymore. Um, or me even continuing to work was never a question. And like when that day rolled around and my maternity leave was over, like <laughs> not to sound heartless, but like, all right, you know, I'm in these like mommy Facebook groups and like reading about women who are like weeping their way through the workday. <laughs> And I remember being like a tiny bit sad and then like, boy, bye, I'm going to go have a latte and like have an hour long strategic thought. I'm pretty excited about this. Celebrate um, a happy hour that day. Totally. Yeah. I've, I mean, it's like I just crave and love and feel so grateful for this part of my life where I get to come to work and like exercise these parts of me that don't necessarily get to come alive in when I'm in mommy mode. I can almost hear this sense in Liz's inflection of her voice that to say those things like there's so much shame in our culture or can be shame in our culture around that and it's on both sides for sure but for Liz to say like Liz is literally the best mother that I could ever imagine having for our children like it's so fun to watch her be a mom and then also see her come and freaking operate um, like it's important for our kids to see their parents pursue their calling, pursue yep. their passions, because then yep. it motivates them. It's, you know, it's the, 
it's the boys that see their mom, you know, working hard and valuing that. And then, you know, hopefully like our boys, when they grow up, then they're going to look for a woman that is empowered and passionate and doing what they want. Right. Like so often in work, uh, we talk about roles and responsibilities and making sure everybody has like this really clear idea of what do you own? And we do that so that there's less confusion um, and people can work and be confident in what they do. And I think in marriage, it's like we we laid on this like, let's just make it really simple. Let's just put these like really clear boundaries around your role and my role. Um, and no one's fully fulfilled in that. And the, uh, the flip side of that, how we're trying to choose partnership and choose to fully live our full life. I think we have to make so many micro decisions that does overwhelm some people. It's like, but we're always trading off. Like there's going to be times that I really need to go to a meeting in New York, but Liz has a meeting in Dallas and it's like, well, one of us has to be in Portland or we're going to have to fly out a, a, one of our parents because we don't have any family that live in Portland. It's happening next week. <laughs> um, and But we choose that. And each time we want to – I would so much rather be in a place where we're choosing to do it imperfectly um, than just kind of default to one of us kind of putting our life on hold. Um, and it, it does. It causes more conflict. Um, and maybe that's just the reality that Liz and I aren't – we don't shy away from conflict, but I feel like for us to get to try to push in and try to live out a life that we feel like is is activating as many parts of our gifts and talents as possible um, is something we'd rather yeah. move and, and I think that part of it is like the fewer rules you have, the more trust it requires, right? Because we don't have a rule that's like, I always do this thing for our family and you always do this thing. And when you remove those, it requires a lot more decision-making and communication and potential for conflict. But I also think that it breeds this sense of mutual trust, that it's like, I trust that you're in this for our family and as a partnership and that you're not just seeking what's best for yourself all of the time. You guys hit on a couple things earlier about kind of the tension of you guys are in two different cities, maybe flying family in. And I mean, the reality is if if we're a part of meaningful work, there's going to be times that there may be travel involved, right? And for you guys specifically, there's travel everywhere from Uganda to Ethiopia to um, all the different places your, your things are made and then the sales cycle and all, the, all that kind of stuff speaking. I'm curious for you two if you have found any rhythms or ways to stay connected when one of you is traveling or both of you are traveling. And then uh, in addition to that question, I want to ask, have you found any rhythms in kind of reintegrating back together when you guys have been gone and, um, and just reintegration is real. Does that make any sense to you guys? And hard. That was a big thing that we worked through our first couple of years of marriage, specifically when I was spending long stints in East Africa, reintegration was tough. Now doesn't seem as much of a yeah. struggle, probably because the duration is shorter and it's just become such a rhythm. Um, but I think staying connected while we're away is actually something we're still working on. I have a higher need, especially now that we have a kid for more consistent communication while I'm away, um, than Ben does. And that's actually been a little bit hard because it's, it's hard for him. He, it's, he's not naturally remembering or it's not a natural need for him. So when he forgets, it really hurts my feelings. And yeah. I'm just like, minimum, I need a photo or a video a day of our kid. And for me, it's less of like, I need to check in and know what you're doing and more of just like, 
I want to feel like I'm still a part of family life. And even if it's just you two like goofing off in the kitchen, like I want to be a part of that. Um, so I would say we haven't nailed that yet, actually. Yeah. What I heard, Ben, was you need to send either a video or a photo every day. That's what I heard. Just to put it on air, I mean, it's been hard for me to, in the first couple of years, I would send Liz so many selfies of myself while she was on the road, (laughs) and she just didn't seem to like them as much. (laughs) I stopped doing it, and now it's just been hard to pick back up. (laughs) No, this has actually been a really, uh... I think helpful thing. I mean, it's hard. It's hard because it's heartbreaking when you obviously let your partner down. But for Liz to be able to declare to me and then have to redeclare and then redeclare because I'm dense. Um, but just to say, like, this is what I need from you to receive a a little text or an image or a little video of what Theo and I are up to um, is really it's really valuable. And as a partner and as a spouse, like, it's just that it's like a clear ask and I have to remember her while she's gone, which feels like such a terrible thing to say. (laughs) It's like, Oh God, my, she's out there busting her ass for us. And I think it's so easy for me sometimes to put myself in the victim place of like, well, I'm the one like at home, like I'm the one working hard. I'm a single parent, which gosh, to anyone who's a single parent out there, such mad respect. I don't know. It's amazing that people do it. And I just can't imagine how hard it is. Um, cause we do it for maybe a couple days or a week at a time. Um, but yeah, like to give great credit to Liz, like she's able to say clearly, this is what I need. Um, and that's a really good gift I think to have in a partner. Yeah. And it's a good, like constant kind of check in conversation to have with each other. Right. On both ends. Um, I think Jeff and I had a major fight about that one last night. Uh, this was last night? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it was like I had brought the baby to work or the kid to work with me for two days in a row while you had a great grand old time with the boys playing golf. Yeah, I didn't think it was a fight. I thought and I was just wrong. Yeah. So this is, a, this is another question I have. So I feel like marriage is a constant conversation between two constantly changing people so what is a one conversation that you both seem to continually keep having a consistent struggle and conversation that we have is um sometimes when ben does something or doesn't do something that disappoints me Mm. or that hurts my feelings Mm. and i bring it to him Um, there is a reaction that it's like, I'm calling him, I'm saying that he's a bad guy and I don't feel like I have a lot of space to be able to say like, no, you're a wonderful human and you're a great dad and you're a great father and you're a great husband. You also really hurt my feelings when you said this thing. Like, even if I'm being hyper specific, which I've tried to get better and better at saying like, in this moment, you said this thing and this is why it made me feel this way. Um, that sometimes that's still taken in general. Like either I believe he's a wonderful man and therefore he never does anything to hurt me or disappoint me, or I think he's like a terrible human being. And I think the, the conversation comes back around uh, often enough, probably because it is the fluidity of my identity in a lot of ways, where I think when I'm in an unhealthy space and I can easily let 
something I'm doing in the current moment be like, well, you don't get to tell me that I'm doing this one bad thing wrong because look at all these great things I'm yeah, doing yeah, over yeah. here. Yeah, which are um, all true. But yeah. it's, yeah, but that doesn't help me. Like the 99 things that you do right doesn't necessarily like negate. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be in a place where I just decide to ignore when I do feel hurt or disappointed because I also am very grateful for the 99 things. Those 99 down. things you know should totally outweigh the one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right? This is like our exact every <laughs> single week conversation. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, and I don't know if you feel this way, Andre, like a hundred percent they do outweigh yes, he's the like, one. But I married a good man. I'm not going to like choose somebody bad. Like you're great. Yes. But you still dumb, effed up yeah. right here. <laughs> oh my okay, only two more questions. This is fantastic, by the way. Um, my question to you is the fact that you guys work together, I'm sure it's hard to turn it off, right? To turn work off. So I'm curious, like, have you guys found any rhythms for each other, you know, in relationship for each other to kind of separate yourself from this work? And, it, and it's not just work. For you guys, it's very purposeful. It is part of your calling. So... I'm curious if you've found any any recommendations or rhythms that have worked for you that maybe other people could learn from. Yeah, I think before we get into rhythms, because um, we have worked really hard on this over the years, I just to get on a really tiny soapbox. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. So here's the reality: we're married. We're doing something we really care about, um, and. I think right now in culture, there's this like big shift towards self-care and we should never be stressed out. And um, if I am stressed, I'm doing something wrong. Mm. Um, and I, I just think it's total BS. Like there's it's I don't know anyone that is doing something that deeply matters in the world that has like a perfectly balanced I go to work exactly when I need to and I don't think about it when as soon as I walk out the door like the truth is like we've thrown our life into this thing and because we really believe it needs to exist in the world um, and it's it does it takes up a ton of our mental energy so I you say, think the phrase work-life balance is BS is that yeah I think some degree so Liz and I I mean we realized early on um, I mean, we've lived in, uh, so newsflash, we're not rich and we've lived in really tiny apartments, most of our marriage. Uh, and for the first couple of years of Seiko, our office was our tiny apartment. And, you know, it's like, when are you in and when are you out? Um, you have to quickly, like, if you want to have any separation at all, you have to define like how you're going to do that. And I would say I have an ability to turn work on and off um, pretty easily. So I can, my mind is just like, if it's just running, I can have a thought and it's like, I want to capture it and I'll just immediately like vomit it out. And for Liz, she might have a little bit more of a hard time, like turning it off sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, so we've gotten to a point where if we're outside of work hours, um, kind of typical work hours, or if it's a weekend, we'll, one of the things that we've started to do is if one of us has a thought rather than just like vomiting it into the middle of the room, we'll say, Hey, I have a work thought. Can I put it in front of you? Um, and oh, we've really given good. each other, we've given each other the total freedom to say no, not right now. Um, and sometimes for Liz, that's like we're laying in bed. It's eleven o'clock. I'm like, I'm a perpetual. I fall asleep in like seven seconds. 
Um, so we have lunch, the same husbands, Liz. <laughs> um, so they'll, she might start to say something like, Hey, can we, talk, can we talk about that at seven tomorrow morning? And like, your snore is her response. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, but that giving each other the freedom, if we are outside of work, because sometimes we want to engage it because they're really fun ideas. A lot that, of times we um, do, yeah. They are. But if we're in a place where like we need rest, we've given each other the freedom to say no to that. Yeah. Great. You know, so for me, that's like community is so important and like female relationships are so important to me that it's like, okay, if I want to have that and I want to cultivate these lifelong friendships, that means I have to have this boundary where I have hours a week where I'm spending with women that I'm not thinking about work and my profession and my career. Motherhood has been an amazing, like a huge, I love that, especially as a working mom, I'm like, okay, I get two to three hours a night, a day really with my kid it's no longer difficult for me to come home and at seven o'clock not be on email because I'm like, these three hours are so precious because now they're like beaming full of this thing that I'm, I'm so passionate about and I love so deeply and I so desire to be really present with my son. And so it's actually easier having added something valuable in than being like, okay, I'm sitting at home and I feel like I shouldn't be working, but I don't really have anything better to do would accept, you know, the alternative is do meaningful work or watch Netflix. Why is watching Netflix like so much better for me? Um, so I think for me, just like making sure that my life has enough things in it outside of work in this specific part of my calling and recognizing that I'm also called to be a community member. And I'm also called to people in our broader, like context of, Portland that maybe I don't necessarily feel naturally drawn to and I'm called to be present in my son's life and all of these things are so rich um, that it kind of creates uh, a necessary boundary because to be able to have multiple callings you do have to have boundaries so all right so last question do you think it's possible to be committed to your passions and your work raise a healthy family and stay in love I think if it's not, we're really up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to us, it doesn't even really feel like are we we have built our entire life on the premise of yes. And not only yes, but yes. And it's will actually be easier in the long, not easy in like a low hanging fruit way, but like. I believe that in order to stay passionately in love with this man, the fact that I get to see him on a daily basis grapple and evolve and fail and change his mind and see his creative process and see what happens when he gets in a conflict with somebody and how he, like, to me, that is, like, fuel to the fire of, like, oh, he's this, like, changing, evolving, interesting man, and I get to be a part of that process, um, which to me leads me to a greater sense of, like, Oh, I want to learn you and I want to like continue to be a part of that journey. I think it's possible. Yeah. And I, so I'll, um, my answer to that would be yes as well. (laughs) I think we have to know that those things are all independent and there's a, and, and yet there's also this like interesting relationship between all of them. So if I was looking at, can I live a life of passion or can I live a great marriage or can I live as a great family unit? Um, in some ways, like there is conflict between all of them. And, and if we were just to live them independently, they would probably play out differently, but that's like the, that's what we choose, right? Is to, can we do them all together 
and knowing that doing them all together is going to look different than if I did them independently. Um, but I think that's the more beautiful way for us at least to do it. And we think that's the more full way to do it because I think the, I think the interplay between them, I think the, um, the conflict between them actually makes them better. Mm. Um, and that's why we choose to do it this way. Y'all are awesome. Thank you so much for your time and your honesty and vulnerability and everything. Um, we really, really appreciate you guys. I, uh, it was interesting to listen to your stories and the thing that really resonated to me was that even though there is struggles in marriage and life and work and all that kind of stuff, it was very clear to me that you are constantly talking about it and sharing about it and communicating about it, which Engaging to me, it, yeah. yeah, which to me is like an incredible sign of health. So mm. I'm thankful for you guys. Mm, thanks, Likewise. Guys. We'll have a great uh, weekend, you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Thanks, guys. guys. And weekend. hopefully we can hang out in real life sometime soon. Yes. I love it. All right. Bye. See ya. And now it's time for the breakdown. Okay, so we're going to say just a couple things that really stuck with us from this interview what do you have you want to go first Andre? yeah first i want to start with how ben shared his experience of being the almost like the supporter of what liz is doing in a sense like it kind of in the background not front and center um and how he feels that a lot where um he's not like the big leader of the company in terms of like the face of it but yet he's put like his sweat and blood and tears and, and ideas all, and energy and everything. yeah, all the things to it. And just, um, so I just really, I loved him sharing that. I feel like men need to hear that. And I think it's really valuable for people that might not be the top dog of something, but yet are like very part of, you know, equally contributing to that. And I he, think that's a hard place for men to be sometimes. I think he showed a lot of humility, but also um, a lot of honesty in sharing that with us. I think it's also interesting because while he was sharing that, how people kind of look at that for men, like um, that that's like not what he should be doing or something, which is crazy. You know, culture does that. But I also think I have like a very opposite um, thing as a woman um, with you and with everything that plywood is and this, you know, big brand in Atlanta, I just, uh, you know, people for me as a woman just expect me to be working under you mm. and like the back supporter of you. Like it's an expectation. Like when they find out that I don't or that I have my own career and my own thing, it's a very big surprise. I think most people just expect that I'm supporting you in some way, like, you know, um, and you do support me, but not in that way. I mean, it's a, the truth is you have your own abilities, your own dreams, your own passions, your own calling. And, and that's where I think that's where there's a gap. Yeah. And I, th I think it's just societal, like how w they expect women to be the supporter and they expect men to be the leader. Hmm. And I think that has to change. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the thing I wrote down, one thing I wrote down, um, is is uh, something that Liz said. I was joking earlier about the 99%. That was a fun little bit oh, in it. Oh, no, you weren't. 
But I did, I did write this down. She said, you can be a wonderful husband and still let me down in this specific way. And, and I think that's something I need to tell myself when you're, when you're addressing a specific thing within me. It's not everything that I'm doing wrong. It's something that needs to change. Yeah, and I and yes for you, and I think then my part also needs to be for me to probably more encourage you in the 99 things that you are doing right and like Oh, I like that. Oh. <laughs> do you have it's another hard. It's hard. Do you have another but thing? Somebody's got to do it. Do you have another thing or do you have me to go? I'm just trying not to like blow your ego. Okay, the third thing is this phrase that they use when they're not at work, but they're thinking about work. And it says, I have a work thought. Can I put it in front of you? I thought that was like a great, regardless like asking of asking permission. Yeah. Like regardless of even if you're working together or not, like it's hard to separate work and life and all that kind of stuff. So that phrase, I, I, I really want to remember, I have a work thought. Can I put it in front of you? And you have the permission to say no. Yes. Which I probably do very readily with you. <laughs> um, no, I agree with that. I think that's a really great, like, asking permission versus um, just starting on a rampage about work. And then, you know, I'm trying to wrap my thoughts around what you're saying and what, you know, like, how do I, you know, uh, how do I connect with what you're talking about? Are you just, like, releasing stuff that you need mm. to release? Or are you um, wanting me to, like, fully engage and solve a problem? And I think that's that's hard to like figure out but when you just kind of present it to me in a way like they were talking about or or even another way to say it too is like hey I'm stressed at work or I have some work stress can I like just release stuff with you I don't want you to solve this problem mm. I just need to like release this out because I don't have anywhere else to let this go so just asking that permission, but like clearly stating what you're saying, I think is great. That's great. Well, it's been an incredible interview with Liz and Ben. We're so thankful for them. Again, they're at Seiko Designs. If you want to follow the work that we're doing, please comment somewhere on social media. Share what we're doing at Loverwork on Instagram or loverwork.com. And we'll be back again soon. That's Loverwork Podcast. <laughs>